Hey, what's up? We're Brave Youth, a youth movement happening all across Miami, starting at our home, Brave Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We can't wait to see how God's going to use it to change your life. Enjoy the message. Christmas, and you could be anywhere on a Wednesday night, but you chose to come to Brave Youth tonight, so give it up for yourself, okay? And next week, everybody say next week. Next week is our last Wednesday of the year for 2019, okay? How many of you guys had a good year, right? God did something awesome in your life, okay? It's so cool to look into this audience right now and to see some people that weren't here at the beginning of 2019, but God brought you in. He called your name. He made you a part of this family, and we're so glad that you guys are here. But next week, don't miss it, okay? Don't just give up because it's Christmas. Be here because it's going to be our Christmas palooza, and it's going to be awesome, okay? So make sure that you guys are there. I'm going to get right into it. You ready? All right. Tonight I want to talk to you guys a message about a home without hope. A home without hope. I love the movie Home Alone, okay? Pastor Darrison was like, hey, can you preach on Home Alone? I was like, yeah. Are you kidding me? Let me go watch it real quick just so I have an excuse to watch Home Alone again, okay? Um, who likes one, two, three, four, or five? Which one's your favorite? Put it up. Five? Six. There ain't no six. That's how I knew it was a fake, okay? It's <laughs> just one. Number one is always the best, okay? I loved it. I was watching him, picking up all the lines again. But basically, that little kid that you saw, he lives in this family of like 10 kids, okay? And he is always the one that gets blamed for everything. So like if there's a fight, if there's a breakout of some sort, it's him who gets in trouble. Anybody like that in your family? All right. You always feel like you're the one that gets in trouble. Okay. So he gets in trouble this night before they are about to go on this family vacation to France. Okay. They're like going to a whole nother country and they get in trouble and they send him up to his room. And then in the morning, when the morning comes, they end up going, going to the airport, getting in the vans, getting on the plane. And then they realize, oh my gosh, we forgot our son at home. Okay. How many of you guys know that's a bad day, right? My parents used to forget me at school. Okay. And I'm like scarred for that. I cannot imagine being left at home on a family vacation. So he wakes up and he goes to bed that night and he's like, oh, I hate my family. I just wish they would go away. I could be only child forever. Okay, has anybody ever made those, those wishes as a kid? Okay, be honest, be honest, okay? I've yelled at my mom before. I said the same thing, okay? And he wakes up, and his dream came true, okay? The family was gone. He's like, I don't got no one to tell me to brush my teeth. I don't got no one to tell me what I can or cannot do. I am living the life right now. He eats like ice cream for breakfast. He's like ordering pizza and not paying for it, okay? He's living his life on the edge like every eight-year-old would do, okay? However, when he's there, he thought this dream of being home alone would be so great. But how many of you guys know we dream big things, and they don't always turn out as they plan, right? Okay. He thought this dream to be home alone would be amazing. But while he's home alone, these burglars come. They're trying to break in. There's, there's two like Scrooges up there on the screen. Okay. They're not very bright, not very smart. An eight-year-old outsmarts them. Okay. Um, and these robbers come. And instead of living in freedom, instead of having like a vacation free of everybody, he spends the next week of his life trying to figure out how to show them who's boss. Okay, he spends the next week of his life protecting his house. Say, protect your house. So I want to propose to you guys a question tonight. What are you doing to protect your house this Christmas season? 
And when I say your house, some of you guys are like, uh, Pastor Winnie, ain't nobody trying to break into my house, okay? If they come into my house, they ain't going to find nothing because we're broke, okay? I am not talking about your physical house. I am talking about your spiritual home. I am talking about your soul. What are you doing this Christmas season to protect your soul? Did you know that statistics say that Christmas and holidays are some of the loneliest, highest times for suicide attempts? broken times, hopeless seasons for people, okay? Why? Because it reminds us when we lose loved ones, right? It reminds us maybe of the things that we don't have, the comparison that we have with other people, right? And it drives people to a state of wondering what more could there be for me, right? And leaves them hopeless. But here's the deal. I believe that you can protect yourself in these seasons, that you can put up walls, you can put up boundaries around your life so that you don't have to fall into this area of feeling like you're less than, but you can know that with God and everything in your life, you are always greater than. There is always more for you, more in store for you. And so we have to learn how to protect our soul. It can be so easy for our soul to be compromised if we are not intentional about protecting it. Did you know that? Easy to be compromised if we are not intentional, um, intentional, intentional about protecting it. Your body is a home. How it's filled and what it's filled with depends on what you allow into it. So if you're feeling like you wake up in the morning and life just sucks all the time, I would ask you, what things are you allowing into your life to make you feel like you're not good enough? What things are you allowing into your life? What situations are happening that you're not giving to God and saying, God, I know at the end of the day, you're in control of every situation, but today, God, I'm going to shift my mind to be able to say, God, you're in control of my soul. You're the one who knows my path and the directions that I'll travel. There's things that you can do to protect your soul. And I love it because in Scripture, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says, Don't you realize that your body is a house, everybody say house, of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. What is God trying to say here? I think he's trying to tell you when he says that I bought you with a high price. I think he's trying to tell us that he was willing to do whatever it takes, even allowing his own son to die because he knew how detrimental it could be to our souls to live a life without his Holy Spirit in us. So he said, you know what? I'm going to buy you. I'm going to send the only thing that I love so much in this world to go die on a cross because I know you cannot stand a chance. Your soul will not succeed. You will be overcome unless you have my Holy Spirit in you. We can't survive without his spirit inside of us. We can't survive without Jesus as a sacrifice. So at Christmas time, what happened? God supernaturally sent his son into the world as a baby boy to be able to live, to be able to grow, to experience life that we would experience because he wanted to be able to say, hey, I'm sending somebody that is going to be perfect, that's going to be whole. He's going to show you the way, and he is going to be the perfect sacrifice for you. You don't have to sit here and worry about what's next for you. You don't have to sit here and feel like you are just weighed down by everything because I'm sending someone that can stand in your place if you invite him in to your life. We have to be at a place where we know that Jesus is who he is and did what he did because he wanted to set the path straight for us. 
He is who he is. He died on the cross because he wanted to set the path and the example for who we can be, who God was already putting us to be, so that we don't have to have our souls flooded with depression, weighed down by comparison, weighed down by sadness, but instead we can have our homes, our souls flooded, not just filled, flooded with hope. I love Isaiah 7:14 because before Jesus was ever actually conceived in a womb, God spoke through this prophet, and he said, to, he said to Mary, he said, look, she will give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means that God is with us. God is with you. So I've got good news for you today, okay? That before you were ever thought about in your mom's womb, before you were ever determined if you were a girl or a boy, that you were somebody that God had thought about. He had put a name tag on. He had said, you are my masterpiece. You are my holy one. You are chosen. You're my hands, my feet. You are the love of my life and the hope of the world. And there's nothing that can take that from you because you know what? I sent Emmanuel to be with you, to be in you, so that your body can be something that withstands, that's substantial through the test of time, and that the weight of the world cannot bring you down. You have Emmanuel with you. The boy was so happy when his family was gone. He had the whole place to himself. He had no one to get him in trouble. And like, what other eight-year-old would dream of that, right? But the joy that he had to be home alone did not last very long because as people kept coming to try to break into this house, he started to like wonder like, okay, I'm doing this contraption. I'm fixing this thing up. I'm throwing bricks at these people. I'm oiling my stairs so they fall down. I'm doing all of these things, but for some reason, the attack is still coming. Has anybody ever felt like that? Like I'm doing all the right things to like annoy the enemy, to get him off my back, but for some reason, I still feel him pushing on me, right? And he's doing all these things, but I think that sometimes we have to think back to the beginning. He wished his family would be gone. He wished that he could be home alone. How many times in our life do we say, God, I just wish you would just take this away from me. Or God, I just wish that instead of you bringing me through this, I wouldn't actually have to deal with the pain of this. So could you just take the pain? Because I know it's too hard to do. And even though you want to teach me something great through it, just take it from me anyway. I'll learn a different way, right? God, why do you have to make me feel this way all the time? God, why do you have to put limits on my life? Because you know what? He wants to exceed those limits one day, but he wants to do it with you. He wants to show you how great you can be, how far and above you can go, okay? But he doesn't want to keep you confined to what you think you can be and here's the thing he goes and he ends up saying a lot of times that we can be like this eight-year-old we can try to live our life without parents we can try to live our life without people telling us what to do without God leading us try to live on our plans versus his plan but the word of God says in John 10 10 a it says the enemy comes to steal say steal kill and destroy here's the deal The enemy will try to trick you into believing that living home alone, living without God, is more of an adventure than it is to live with him. And here's the truth of the matter. It will be, or it could be, for a season, right? It can be fun to live without God for a season. But here's the deal. What the enemy intentionally leaves out when he's tricking you, that's why it's a trick, right, okay? What he leaves out is that seasons don't last forever, seasons don't last. If you live your life for moments, okay, then your joy will never be 
substantial and your house will never be protected. Your soul will always be succumbed to the things that the enemy wants to throw at you. But intentionality and planning will be crucial to the success that you see in your own soul, in your own life. It will be the thing that protects you. So if you're in a relationship and you don't set boundaries, guess what? You're going to go too far. Okay? If you want to lose weight, but you don't set up a workout plan, you're not going to lose any weight. Okay? If you're driving and you ignore the lines on the road, you're going to crash. Okay? That's the truth of the matter. But the reasons that you would set boundaries in any relationship is because you love and you respect the person that you're with, that you understand that I love them so much that I don't have to go for a momentary satisfaction of myself, but I love them so much that I'm going to be able to set a boundary in place so that one day I can have everything great that God intended for me. The reason that you set up a workout plan is so for that the long term, you don't, you have a healthy life, that you don't have these health issues at the age of 20 and 30 years old. And the reason that you drive in the lines of the road is because you actually want to get to the destination that you're trying to get to, right? It makes sense. And get this, the word of God is so clear. In 10a, it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? It continues on and it says, but, everybody say but. Well, let me hear you see if you are thankful for when God says but in scripture, okay? Because you know there's always something more. But means that the story is not over, that there's another page to be turned. But means that it might look one way right now, but guess what? Something else is around the corner. But means that you might feel alone. But remember, there is an Emmanuel, there is a God that has walked before you and walks with you. But when God says but, you better get excited because God has something more for you. It goes on to 1010B. It says, but I've come to give you life and to give you life abundantly. Say abundantly. But means God's not done. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's not done. But means that you don't have to hope to be satisfied, that you get to live with the fact that you are overflowing with joy and hope because there's a God that came before you. And though you might be living in a season with momentary fulfillment, God is leading you to live for the long-term goal with him, to live for a fulfilled life with him, not just a fulfilled season with him. He wants to do more in you. Number two is God can restore your forever. God can restore your forever. In the movie, the little boy gets to a point where he has tried everything to keep these burglars out of his way, and he ends up finding himself in a church, okay? He meets this old man in the church, and he is terrified of this old man because his brothers told him that this old man, like, killed some kid, okay? And, like, his house is haunted and all this stuff, and he's, like, terrified of this guy, right? And he wanders in. He finds this old man. They have a conversation. I like to believe it was a divine appointment, okay? And here's the deal. I believe that when you say, God, I surrender everything to you. God, I'm going to protect myself. Here's the deal. God starts to put unexpected people in unexpected places in your life, and you're able to see God do something from somebody that you never expected to even have a conversation with. So I would encourage you, if we want to protect our souls this Christmas, you have to be willing to find God in the unordinary places that he wants to do with you, the unexpected people that he is sending to you. God is a restorer of all things, and sometimes he has to use the most unusual things to get our attention, but here's the deal. If we turn those eyes on and we say, God, I'm intentionally looking for you this season, 
I wonder what things he would show us. I wonder what things we've been ignoring that God has been trying to use to get our attention, right? I wonder what things we've been ignoring that God's just saying, if you would just open your eyes, I'm actually using this very thing to protect you because I know what your soul falls to, but you don't have the strength to say no, so I'm going to protect you if you would just allow me to. What are we ignoring that God is trying to protect you with? Stand to your feet right now. It's going to be quick, all right? In 2 Corinthians 5.1, team, if you can come back up. 2 Corinthians 5.1 says, Our body is the house in which our spirit lives here on earth. When that house is destroyed, then God will give us another house. That house is not made by man's hand, but God made it. Therefore, it will last forever in heaven. Oh, I don't know about you, but that gets me so excited, so confident in the joy that God has for me. And here's the deal. Pastor Jarrison and I, we love to move around a lot. Like, we just like it, okay? We like exploring new people, exploring new places, okay? We've been in Miami. We're going on our third year here, and we're about to move into our third place, okay? We're about to move into our third house, and uh, we love it. But every single time that we move, without fail, the first night that we're in our home— We don't plan anything. We don't unpack things until we do this. We turn on the worship music. We start praying. We walk around every wall of our house, and we raise up a prayer to God. We pray in the Spirit, and we say, God, only you know the conversations that will happen in this place, God. Only you know the people that will walk into this place, God. We pray right now, God, we dedicate this home to you because we only know that only you know the people that are going to come into this house and need a touch from you. And we sit there, and we pray until we feel like God has said, okay, I'm here. I've covered this place. Because the truth of the matter is, if we don't get to a place where we say, God, you, you need to flood every part of my life, God. I'm surrendering every part of you. If we don't pray for protection over our life, if we don't pray for God's hand to be the creator of things in our life, the truth of the matter is that we can create an old life for ourselves. We can create our own empires. We can create our own will. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, just like that scripture says, it says our body is the house in which our spirit lives here on earth. But when that house is destroyed, I love it because it doesn't say, if that house was destroyed. It says when that house is destroyed, because the deal is when we do things on our own, we destroy it. We destroy ourselves. It says, thank God, because he's so graceful, because he's so good, because he's so perfect in every way. It says, thank God will give us another house. He will give us another place. It won't be built by our own hand, but it will be built by the all-knowing, all-powerful, never-ending, never-changing God. And it will not fail. It will last for an eternity in heaven. And we can have hope because we hold on to that. So I don't know about you, but I don't want to be living in a place where my home doesn't have hope. I want to be living in a place where I say, God, every door of my life, every ounce of my body, every word of my being, God, would you fill me with joy? Would you fill me with hope? Jesus. So God, right now, Jesus, all over this place, Lord Jesus, I pray, God, Over every person in this room, if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands to the Lord. We're not going to do an altar call. We're just going to do a prayer. So if you feel comfortable, lift your hands, lift up your voices, and let's just pray and declare 
that God, you've got us, you're covering us, Lord. So Lord, right now I pray for every single person in this room, God, whether it be their first time, whether it be their, their millionth time in this place, God, you knew every single person that was gonna walk into this room. And so Lord, right now, I pray that you would fill us with strength, God, to say no to the things that aren't of you, God. I pray that you would point out the things that have to go so that we can live in a house that is filled with your hope, that is filled with your love and your joy, God. I pray right now that confidence would arise, Lord Jesus. I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that we would step in to new places with you, God, that as we wrap up 2019, and this was a great year, God, we pray that we would search forward for more and more of what you want to do in 2020, God. I pray that you would change us, that you would be with us, God, that you would transform us in a real way, Lord Jesus. God, I pray right now, Lord Jesus, for your hand to be on us, Lord. That you would be the person that builds us up, God. You would be the person that brings us joy, Jesus. God, we give our lives to you. And we love you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's give it up for God today. Yes. Woo. If you guys want to talk to somebody, get some prayer. Okay, there's leaders all around. Go find them. But we love you guys. We're so glad that you're here, okay? Let that soak in and say, God, do something new in me, okay? All right, if you guys want to do silent disco, all right, we're going to get over there. We got our leaders over there. Make sure you form a line, okay? If you've never done a silent disco, get ready to be awkward, okay? Okay? Because it's going to be awesome. Get on over there. We love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you like this message, hit subscribe and stay connected by visiting us at brave.guide. We'll see you next time. And remember, no turning back. The best is yet to come.